You know, they sell everything now. Uh, I heard not long ago, um, I actually saw one in somebody's house, and it was the first time I ever realized that there was such a thing, but um, they sell, even on Amazon, worry stones. Worry stone. Did you know there's a whole industry around worry stones? Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different sizes of worry stones. I noticed that a lot of the worry stones are small enough uh, that they can, they can, like, fit in your hand or they can, um, I, I think the design is there's a, there's a little thumbprint there and they fit between your thumb and a couple of your fingers. Uh, and I guess the idea is that you rub these stones and it's supposed to help you with your worries which sounds kind of ridiculous to me, honestly, but I'm not in that business or whatever. But, um, I mean, I guess the idea is that you know you're going to worry, so you might as well be polishing this stone while you're doing that because it's not going to do any good, you know. So, uh, I saw one of these stones that was, uh, was so big that it, like, took two hands to hold it, and it was kind of ergonomically designed so you could hold it in your hand. I guess that was for two-fisted warriors. I don't know if that applies to any of you uh, out here, but uh, worry stones. Um, we recognize that uh, worry is uh, such a problem uh, for us in our society. Would you agree with that? Because um, if, if you agree with that, you recognize that you're the culprit uh, as well. Um, Somebody said the United States is now the most anxious nation in the world. Congratulations to us, right? Um, the land of the stars and stripes becomes the country of stress and strife. And um, that's a costly achievement, isn't it? It's a costly achievement because stress-related ailments cost billions of dollars every year. Uh, we have lots of nurses and medical people here that could, have, that could affirm that, all the different medications that people want. People in every generation in the 20th century, uh, we recognize that we are three times more likely to experience stress and depression even than the people of the generations uh, that came uh, before us. I heard this story, read, read about this um, Hawaiian idea you know, we went to Hawaii a while back, and, um, you know, you hear this phrase that they call people that are not from there. They call them howlies. Um, you've heard that phrase before. I didn't even realize how they spelled that, but it's, uh, it's H-A-O-L-E, howly. Um, they were talking about what, what this word howly meant, and the original in it was, means no breath, no breath. You can see I'm kind of connecting to where we've been, to where we're going right here. No breath. And somebody, said, why, why would they say no breath? Uh, uh, supposedly it came out of the 1800s when those Hawaiian natives people were, uh, were coming over to their country or their area at the time. And they recognized that these settlers were so busy and in such a hurry to build plantations and ranches and harbors uh, that to the native Hawaiians, it seemed like that all those Europeans at the time were always short of breath. Howley, uh, no, no breath. So I'm, I want to talk to you today about worry. Free from the weight uh, of, of worry. 
thinking about uh, worry in your life. Um, as we think about the worries and the struggles that we have, you know, sometimes we worry about just insignificant things. Other times we worry about real serious issues, health issues, financial problems. Uh, are your parents going to be all right? Are your kids going to be okay? All kind of things that we could worry about. Uh, we come together in a place like this to spend more time worshiping than worrying, trying to understand the difference between worship because it's a big deal. If you want to worship God, uh, you know, you can worship God after the trouble's over, and we would call that gratitude. But we are called to be people of faith even in the midst of our difficulties and our struggles to allow God to help us with our, with our worries. So are you worried about something today? You worry have a grip on you, things that you've been struggling with. So I hope that you'll, you'll think with me about that today. And your outline, uh, at the top of there, I gave you some uh, definitions of worry. Uh, definitions of worry. Uh, you know, recognizing that worry is uh, allowing one's mind to dwell on actual or potential difficulties or struggles. Uh, that that little definition, several words there. First of all, allow means that there's a choice, that you have an opportunity to make a decision. Allow one's mind. Uh, most of our worries are going on up here in our head, in our heart. Uh, allowing our mind to dwell. Now, there's, there's your worry word, right? It's not just a fleeting thought, but dwelling on actual or potential uh, we're good at that, right? Uh, speculating actual or potential difficulties or troubles that come, uh, that come to us. Uh, we also recognize that sometimes um, worry can be something that strangles or twists or chokes. It would be like strangling the life out of you or taking away your joy, uh, your, uh, your hopefulness. Uh, or worry could be defined as annoying or bother or cause you to feel troubled. I'm sure as a parent, some of you have said, quit worrying me about that. Uh, we don't exactly mean the same thing as dwelling. We just mean you're totally annoying me. Uh, None of you really admitting to that right now, but that's, uh, we recognize that that's a way. So those are some ways that we can think about it. Um, so we can recognize that there are many different downsizes, uh, downsides to worry. Uh, worry uh, steals and kills uh, the margin in, in our mind. You know, this summer, uh, our focus has kind of been on margin. We're still thinking about some of that. Remember the very first... Uh, weekend that we talked about this, we talked about the margin in a, in a paper that you would write and creating margin so that you can have greater contentment. Well, worry steals and kills uh, margin in our life. Uh, it takes away contentment because uh, contentment and worry cannot coexist. Worry wins out. And so it steals and kills our, our margin, our balance in our life. Uh, number two, uh, another downside is that worry shifts my focus from living in faith to being consumed with fear. Um, I, I heard a song the other day called The Breakup Song. It was Francisca Battistelli, I think is the way you say her name. Um, she was, it, it's a Christian song, but it's not about breaking up with your boyfriend. It's about breaking up with fear and worry. 
Uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. Maybe catch that on CIC. Uh, a song that reminds us that worry, uh, over recognizing the fears that we deal with, uh, can take away, shifts our focus from living by faith, living in faith with God, where we become consumed with those worries and struggles. One final uh, downside is that worry weighs me down. Worry weighs down me uh, spiritually, emotionally, socially, physically, uh, even uh, financially, relationally, many more ways. So there are all kind of downsides to, uh, to, uh, to worry. Now, with every downside, there's always an upside, right? So um, you have a little list there, some of the upsides of worry. Now, one thing I notice about our church is that you can't leave blanks not filled in. Uh, if you've been here long enough, you know that if, I, if I'm down the hallway down there, if I forgot one, somebody always, you know, i got to have that blank filled in. I get emails about blanks <laughs> that people forgot uh, that they, that they want to know. Well, I just want to tell you today you got to get over it because I put those three blanks there, but there is no upside to worry. <laughs> There's nothing in the blanks. There is none. There's a lot of downside, but there's no upside uh, to worry. Uh, there are none. So yet we worry. Some of us worry a lot. Some of you probably go home and buy those worry stones, uh, uh, help their business out. Um, some of you came to church this morning under heavy weight of worry. I mean, you could see it on their faces up here, couldn't you? These kids that are some may be excited, definitely excited about a new back, backpack, but maybe not real excited about a new school or a new teacher. Uh, all of us carry burdens. There's a burden that you're carrying, a fear maybe that you're living with, something that you're nervous about or obsessing over, and maybe rightly so. Some of you come with heavy weight today, and what do you do with that? What do you, if there's no upside to worry, what do we do with the worries that we do carry? Could we be free from the weight of the worries around us? Could we have breath and realize what God uh, has to say uh, about our worries? So I've got several things here I want to mention to you. How do, how do we deal with our worries? How do we get ourselves free from the weight of worry? Number one. Number one is pinpoint my problem areas. So these are some things I want you to write down so you would pinpoint our problem areas. There's a great lesson uh, in the Psalms. King David prayed this prayer a long time ago, and I think it would be wise for us to pray it as well. It's Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. It's on the paper there for you. It's on the screen. We're going to say this prayer together. And so we're going to say the verse and then we're going to say the references right there at the end of it uh, that you can see there. Ready? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Wow, that's an important verse. You see... What David is getting at is he's giving God freedom to do something. He's, he's not asking for God's benefit. He's asking something for David's benefit. He's, David is asking God or giving God freedom to do like a heart check on him. 
to, uh, to, to do a spiritual check, to point out stuff in David's life, in his heart, in his mind, stuff that David's carrying that he ought not to be carrying. Whether it's sinfulness or an attitude or a habit or a worry, David is saying, if there's something that shouldn't be there, search me, O God. Search my heart. Know me. Test me. Know my anxious, worried thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me on a path that is everlasting. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but uh, I don't know how how comfortable you are praying a prayer like that. I noticed that we love to pray that prayer for other people. Lord, could you just search his heart? Could you just do something about that? His attitude, his sinfulness, her way she's dealing with that. Could you just search my boss's heart? Mm -hmm. Staff not praying that today. So. No, we, we can, we're okay. We're comfortable praying that for somebody else. But asking God, giving God the permission to look into my heart, is there anything that is going on that I'm carrying that you want me to deal with or to let go? Uh, this fear that I have, this uncertainty. You know, everybody has problem areas that they worry about, right? Everybody does. You know, I, I noticed uh, about me that um, my personality is not an overwhelming worrier. Uh, like, I, I don't really worry about a lot of things. But one of the things I noticed about me was I sort of pretend that I don't ever worry. You ever do that? You know, now some of you, you can just tell as soon as you wake up in the morning. I mean, it's just, it's just all over you, right? Some of us are just worriers. We worry about everything comes through in our language and everything that we're doing. But some of you, maybe not, maybe you got a pretty good, but the truth is every person in here has points in their life that are filled with worry, right? Would you just nod your head? That would help me. All right. Because uh, I know that I can sort of pretend that I got it under control, but the truth is, if I allow him, God will show me areas of my life where there maybe there's hidden worry or you don't really know about it, but I know what's going on in my own heart. So we all have these problem areas, every single one of us, worries that we carry, things that can be heavy, and we have to figure out what are we going to do with them. And so this verse encourages us to take some spiritual inventory, take a look at what are some of those areas, what are some of those needs. Some examples might be your marriage. Maybe that's a pain point right now. Or maybe it's your children, some worries that you have about them. Um, man, you know, can, can, can I admit that I worry about my children? <laughs> I, I wish I didn't. I wish they had it all figured out and worked out, but I worry about them. Um, you know, I pick up the phone sometime and, hey, Dad, I got a question for you. Okay. <laughs> you, you know, right? Um, maybe it's finances, or maybe it's health, or maybe it's your security or safety, maybe it's your future or relationship or something going on in the world. Hey, let, let, let's, take, let's take 20 seconds here. What if you prayed that prayer? Search me, O oh God. What is it that I'm worrying about? Is there something that God would reveal uh, to us? So uh, just a quiet moment. Just think, what, what would God say to you if you said, Lord, show me some areas that are heavy in my life that you, you want me to think about and uh, to maybe think about in this sermon today. Take a few seconds there.
for a lot of you, that might have been pretty easy because we probably don't need God to really tell us what we're worried about. We know it very well. We know a lot of things that are painful in our life, things that we're struggling about. Sometimes we worry in such a way that it sort of becomes a, a, just a way of life. Well, this is my burden to bear, or this is what's going on, or I'm a worrier, or I got the weight of the world on my shoulders. I carry this weight around, the weight from my family. Jesus is encouraging us that there's a better way. Jesus doesn't intend for us to carry those worries around with us. He wants us to recognize what they are and allow him to free us from those through pinpointing the problems that we have. So pinpoint my problem areas, Lord. Number two, remember that worry is worthless. Worry is worthless. Now, one of the things that I love about Jesus in his teaching is that when you read through the Gospels and you look at the teachings of Jesus, you realize that Jesus can say the most profound things in the most simple way. You notice that? I mean, he can say the deepest truths in the most clear and simple ways. And so he says in Matthew 6, 25 to 27, follow along here. That is why I tell you, words of Jesus, that is why I tell you, not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, and enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Like, like he's saying that right to you. Aren't you more valuable than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Man, you, you think about that. I mean, anybody can understand that. That's not hard. So powerful, so profound. Not only can worries not add a single moment to your life, I mean, when you look at all the health risk and all the problems that we deal with, all the stress that happens to us, you know, worry does exactly the opposite. Instead of adding to your life, it takes away. It takes away from us. Some of us worry a lot. Some of us worry a little. And I like to ask you, what's the return on your investment? You know, most of the time we invest in something because we're going to get a little return on the investment. You know, we don't make those investments unless we do. So what, the time that you spend worrying, what is the return that has yielded you? Jesus would say it hasn't yielded you anything. The yield is nothing. And so we're presented with this dilemma. If you, if you work your way through and you're talking, uh, listening to what he's saying today, we recognize that we have these problem areas that we are worrying and that worry is worthless. I uh, found this study that said 40% of the stuff that you worry about never happens. Could you say never happens? Never happens. 30% of the things that you worry about are in the past, and so you can't do anything about them anyway. 30 plus 40, that's 70, right? We'd have a little math class here. Um, we worry about regrets. We worry about stuff that ha happened in the past. We worry about things that we can do absolutely nothing about. Next was another 12% people worry about health problems they never have. 82, right? Yeah, we're um, 
Another 10% of things that people worry about are really petty, kind of miscellaneous things like, um, did we lock the doors? Did we turn the lights off? Did we feed the dog? I mean, it's not the end of, well, it might be the end of the world for the dog, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> but it's really not something that's just going to be overwhelmingly, uh, yet we worry. So you get that math, so we're at 92, right? 92%, uh, what's that leave? Eight. All right, so 8% of your worries are worth concerning yourself about. 92% inconsequential, 8%. Now, by the way, don't use this at home. Yeah, I know, I know y'all. I know you'll use that against your wife or your husband or whatever, but uh, just let them deal with it themselves, you know, all right? Uh, you know, 8% of the stuff is legitimate or heavy or uh, things that are of consequence to us. Uh, the issue isn't worth worrying and fretting over all the things that we worry about. The only question is, what do we do about the 8%? How, how do we deal with, with that 8%? And that uh, leads us to the third point here. Pinpoint our problem area. Remember that worry is worthless. Number three, cast all my worries and cares on Jesus. Cast all my worries and cares on Jesus. First Peter 5, 7. Let's say this together out loud. Ready? Cast all your worries and cares on him because he cares for you. First Peter 5, 7. That's a great verse to memorize. Uh, usually when something is worthless, like we've been talking about here with worry, we just drop it and we don't worry about it. We just let it go. Um, but when's the last time somebody came up to you and said, hey, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be okay. Don't you hate that? You just want to say, Err. you know, how do you know? How do you know if it's one of my 8%? You know, you can't be sure. Uh, so, so what do you do? You know, you think sometimes, well, if I, I'm the only one that's concerned about this. You know, if I don't do something about this, then what's going to happen here? Notice that that's not what God says to do with your worry. He doesn't say, just drop it, don't worry about it. He says, cast all your worries and cares on me. What that means is if he wants us he wants us to take our problems and our worries and choose to place them in his hands and to trust that he is able to take care of it. This is an old story, but it came up when I was thinking about all this. Uh, it's the story about this guy, I think his name was the Great Blondin, and he walked across Niagara multiple times, multiple ways on a on a, a wire going across. One time he went backwards. One time he went blindfolded. Uh, one, one time, most famously, he got a wheelbarrow and he carried that wheelbarrow across from one side and back to the other. Well, you can imagine the crowd that was gathered there. They were cheering and celebrating. And, uh, and he said, uh, who thinks I can go back and forth again? And everybody says, yeah, I would love to do that. There was this one guy, and he was kind of right down front there. And he said, sir, do you believe that I, could, that I can go across on this wheelbarrow and come back again? He said, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I saw you do it. He said, okay, get in. Get in the wheelbarrow. Hmm. Man, it's a lot easier to say we believe in something than to put our trust in somebody else, right? How much more... 
that we need to put our trust in God. The interesting thing about the wheelbarrow is that you're either all the way in or all the way out. You can't partially be in the wheelbarrow. Not to go across that line anyway. When God says, I want you to give me your worries, he says, I want you to put your full weight down. I want you to let me carry it. All your problems, all your worries, your future, place it in my hands. And you know what? If you're going to trust somebody, anybody like that, you better put your trust in the right person. Uh, the right person who can, who can hold you up, who can handle uh, the problems that are going on around you. You know, it's a couple verses that aren't on your outline there that encourage us. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. What that's talking about is like resting your mind. Uh, God says, do you trust me? You have to make a decision. Am I going to allow God to be in control or am I going to be overwhelmed by fear and uncertainty? Am I going to hide in him? Am I going to run to him? Am I going to put my trust completely in him? Uh, another verse I learned a long time ago, Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep yourself in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. Your mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. Perfect peace. You know, if you want perfect peace from God, you have to trust in the God who gives perfect peace. Not because we're going to accomplish it. It's recognizing what he wants to accomplish in and through us. Uh, Cast all your worries and cares on Jesus. Number four, what do we do with these 8% of our worries? Um, the next verse, I'm going to fill in the blanks in just a second, so I'm getting nervous. Uh, we're going to look at the verse first. First um, Corinthians 10, 5, the second part of that. Say it with me if you would. Ready? We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 5b. Uh, so when, when, when it says here, uh, thinking about him, we're going to allow every thought, remember that was our definition, allowing what is on our mind, dwelling on these things. So now he's saying take those thoughts, take them captive, and make them obedient to Christ. Now notice that every thought there... Um, it, it, some translations translate it mind, like we saw earlier. Um, you know, what's it talking about there? Well, he's not just talking about like logic or reasoning and all that. This particular idea is every thought could include like your imagination. Because my imagination is what gets me in trouble with worrying anyway, right? It's, it's not just my logic. If I think about it logically or reasonably, I might make a different decision. But my imagination gets all carried away. I began to think about things. So he's saying, when your imagination is running with all kinds of fears and worries and what ifs, uh, you, you bring those imaginations to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm submitting this to you. What, what do you have to say about this? What does your word have to say? I'm worried that we won't have enough, that we won't be able to provide what we need. I'm worried because I don't know what's going to happen next. But your word says, if I raise them up to you, if I take those thoughts and I give them to you, that as I'm obedient to you, uh, he's encouraging us. So what do you do with those thoughts? Here's the blanks. Ready? When I fix my thoughts on God, God fixes my thoughts. 
When I fix my thoughts on God, God fixes my thoughts. Uh, I don't have, have perfect peace. I'm not always in perfect peace, but I'm recognizing that God wants to give me uh, his peace, uh, his uh, direction. It's something that I'm learning. I'm following his ways. I'm thinking in new ways. I'm turning those thoughts over to him. Uh, not long ago, I was reading this uh, devotional book called My Utmost for His Highest. Anybody ever read that? Some of you do. It's uh, uh, Oswald Chambers. Really good. Um, I, I read this uh, a couple of months ago, and I hadn't been able to get away from it. Listen to this. This was on June 8th in Upmost for His Highest. He says, If you yourself do not cut the rope that keeps you tied to the dock, God just might send a storm and set you out to sea. So be careful never to go back or even to look back at what you once were when God wants you to become something that you have never been. That's a wow. Uh, I was thinking about that when I was laying in the hospital um, 43 days ago. But who's counting? There's a, um, if, if, you, if, if, if there are things in your life that you are worrying, that you are overwhelmed with, um, many times God wants you to get off of that dock. I want you to get out of that spot, to quit thinking in, the, in those ways. And sometimes he sends things to us. Uh, not that he's sending terrible, difficult things to us, but he uses the things that happen in our life uh, to get our attention, to draw us uh, back uh, toward him. Now, live, uh, this is number five. Uh, the final thing is to live in the peace that he provides. How are you going to deal with your 8%? Uh, live in the peace that he uh, provides for us. Uh, this verse, uh, incredible. Uh, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. If you haven't memorized the Bible verse lately and you don't have this one memorized, you should memorize it. This one right here will help you deal with no breath. When you just can't breathe because of what's happening. When you are dealing with your worries. Notice it says, uh, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. We've just been talking about that. It's not just forget about it or drop it. He says, don't worry about anything. Give it to God. Notice the word instead. Don't worry about anything instead or the alternative. What should I be doing instead? What should I be doing as a, the, the opposite of this worry that I'm carrying? Instead, pray about everything. Pray about uh, everything. Aren't you glad that God hears your prayers? God doesn't delay. He never places you on hold. He never tells you to call back later. God loves the sound of your voice always. He doesn't hide when you call out to, to him. He says, uh, reach out to him. He says, it's, he's going to be with us. These verses tell us how we can pray about our problems. He gives us direction. So he says, don't worry. Pray about everything. Next, tell God. Tell God, tell him what you need. So it's, a, it's really a, a simple conversation, isn't it? Like, you don't have to be eloquent. 
you can just say, God, I'm overwhelmed. God, I don't know how to handle this situation. God, I don't know what to do. Or my favorite, please help me. <laughs> right? We need to bring that uh, to him, being encouraged, recognizing that we, we need help. Sometimes we're just too prideful to even call out for help. He wants you to reach out to him. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Thank him uh, for all that he has done, reminding us. Uh, you know, the, reason, the reason that we thank God for all that he has done is because when I start thanking him, when I thank him, I remember uh, who he is and what he's about, and what he longs to offer to us. Uh, we recognize that it doesn't matter how smart you are, or how powerful you are, how much money you have, you are not built to carry around the problems that you've been toting around with you. When you care, he never intended that to be for you. When you carry the responsibility of everything, you try to solve everything, you try to find the solutions, you have to choose the right directions. You have to, to recognize that you don't have the power, you don't have the ability to plan for the future, you don't have the ability to make all the adjustments, you don't have the ability to maintain the speed of your life. You're stressed out. God doesn't want you to live that way. He wants you to put your trust in Him. Don't worry. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He has done. Then, then, you will experience God's peace. You will experience God's peace. You know, God wants you not only to give things to Him, but to recognize you're on this journey with Him. So, um, two things that we'll close with here. Uh, I call both of these like worry breakers. So I don't know which one you like or which one you'll memorize, but uh, uh, let's have a worry breaker. The first one is something you can remember with your hand. Uh, it's those words we already talked about. I can remember, don't worry, pray, tell him, thank him, experience God's peace. That's pretty good. All five of those things. Don't worry. Pray about everything. Tell him what I need. You know, he loves that. You know, I know he already knows. I just need somebody to tell about it that was willing to listen to me, right? He listens. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, pray about everything. Tell him. Thank him for what he's already done. And experience God's peace. That's a good worry breaker, right? So you got that. If you have to, you maybe write it on your fingers for a few days so you can, so you can see all that. Uh, one other one. Worry breaker number two is to recognize some things that you know. Number one, we know that God has unlimited power. Would you say that? Ready? God has unlimited power. We believe that. Uh, sometimes when we worry, it causes us not to believe that, recognizing that we uh, that God has unlimited power to help us. So recognizing that he's got our back, that he is with us. He's not going to let us down. God has unlimited power, but maybe that's not enough for you. Number two, you see that? Let's read it. Ready? God has the best solution. Do you believe that? God has the blessed, best solution. He knows everything. He sees everything. You know, see, God sees your problem from every angle, not just the angle that you have. 
He knows what the best solution is. And God is incredibly wise. When I worry, essentially I'm saying, I'm afraid that my life is not going to turn out the way I wanted it to. But when I trust God, I'm saying, God, I trust you that you have the best solution for my life. Even if it's not the path that I chose, even if it's not quite the way I wanted, even if it brings about some pain and discomfort, I'm willing to let your plan be the best plan. You have the best solution. That doesn't mean that you're going to love it every time right away, and it might be way different. Most of the time it is, right? It's way different than what I came up with. But I know that there's something wonderful about what God is doing in my life, the building of my character, the strengthening of my spiritual life, the moving me in a close relationship uh, with him. I've told many people that um, I'm pretty happy that I had a heart attack. That's the most ridiculous thing to ever say, isn't it? But I'm, uh, man, I'm doing way better than I was 43 days ago, I'm telling you. Uh, the Lord has blessed me. Something happened to my mind. Something happened in my heart. Uh, a few things have been happening to my body, which is nice. Uh, so, uh, you know, he has the best solution, even if I might think that was terrible. He knows what's best for all of us. So I'm not going to worry over that. God has unlimited power. God has the best solution. Number three, say it. God has unending love for me. God has unending love for me. Remember that verse we looked at earlier that said, cast all your worries and cares on me. Why? Because he cares for you. Because he cares for you. The truth is, if he had all the power in the world and all the wisdom in the world, but he didn't care about you, it wouldn't do any good anyway. He does care. He loves you immensely. And that means that you can come to him with anything and everything. And one of the reasons that God wants us to come to him with our cares and our stress and our worry is because it's only when we start looking to him, only when we put those things into his hand, when we recognize his love and his care for every one of us, we need to know that he has that love uh, for every one of us, recognizing the love that he carries uh, for each one of us. That's his desire today. Um, would, you, uh, would you give him your worries? Would you uh, breathe a little easier? Would you be a little closer to him? You know, his goal is really not just to solve your worry problems. His goal is to be close to you, to let you know that you are loved by him. Let's stand up together just a moment. Uh, I, put them on, I put these things on here so that maybe you could um, put that somewhere, post it somewhere, remember it on your hands, or put it on a mirror somewhere that you could think about uh, your worries. Uh, before you walk out of here today as we pray, uh, would, you, would you just give him your trust? If you like it this way, would you just get in the wheelbarrow and let it... He's going to get you there. He's going to take care of your needs. He he didn't design you to be that worry person that you are, even if you have them hidden that nobody can see. Let's give those to him today. Jesus, we stand here as a group of friends, a church family, maybe with some new friends with us as well. We pray that this morning, as we stand here, that we would, we would give you those burdens and needs that overwhelm us. 
Lord, and, and honestly, we, we might be thinking about some specific worries here today, but most of all, we're thinking about our habits about worry, how we handle things, how we deal with things. Lord, we pray that you would remind us of these worry breakers. You have unlimited power. You have the best solution, and you have unending love for me. So, I changed my mind. I changed my way of thinking. I put my trust in you. I'm turning over, casting my worries and cares on you. Help us, Lord, to listen to your word. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell him what I need. Thank him for what he's done and experience God's overwhelming peace. Today, Lord, we give you our worries and we give you our habits about our worries. In Jesus' name, amen.